Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Grow with Greg. It is a beautiful Friday morning here in Atlanta. Uh, spring is definitely here, and I'm, I'm extremely excited to have our guest on with us this morning. Uh, but before I introduce her to you guys, I do want to remind you, please subscribe to our podcast. If there's any information that's shared on our podcast that you find helpful, or uh, something that someone you know may benefit from, please subscribe and share our information. Uh, because it's spring, as you guys know, we are promoting our grow blocks and our free grow blocks. The details of that I'll share with you after the uh, conversation I have with our special guests. So that means you're going to have to stay tuned to the very end. Uh, so let's jump into it. Our guest this morning is Miss Aisha Jenkins from Start to Finish Motherhood. And let me tell you, she has a lot to say, and I'm excited to share in this conversation with you. So welcome and good morning, Aisha. Well, thank you, Greg, for having me. Um, do I introduce myself now? <laughs> sure. Yeah, go for it. Um, so I'm Aisha Jenkins, and I am the founder of Start to Finish Motherhood, which is a platform that works at partnering with any woman, um, anybody who's considering a single mother by choice path. Um, part of what we offer and part of what I coach people on is having tough conversations, because when you choose the path of being a single parent, a single mother by choice, it's an intentional path. And there are a lot of hard conversations that you have to have along the way, because we're African-American, um, African-American, it takes a village to raise a child. And while I am not partnered with um, a husband or with a partner, I am very much ingrained in partnering with community village members um, to all pour in and help nurture my kids. And so part of what I do is coach on having those hard conversations. And as I was telling Greg, there are a lot of hard conversations that I anticipate down the road having with my own kids. I have two children. I have a eight-year-old and I have a three-year-old. The eight-year-old is Noel. The three-year-old is Camille. And I was so excited to come on this podcast because I'm also a backyard gardener. And oh. there are so many things to take away from gardening and ecosystems. Um, it is. Yeah. And so, so, so preparing for those hard conversations, um, we'll get into this a little bit later, is creating safe spaces. And I envision our garden, our backyard being one of those safe spaces. Oh, wow. Wow. Right. It, my, my brain is about to explode, Aisha. So let's, let's unpack this a little bit. So you were saying the decision, that's a decision to become a single mother. Can you explain? What do you mean by that? Explain that for you. So... When people decide intentionally to become a single parent, there's a lot that you have to unpack, right? With societal norms, um, with what society tells you as a black woman is your place, and then what children need. Um, and so it's a very intentional journey. And so you do a lot of research. Um, I would say probably, let me take a step back. I was married. And, you know, I was a rules girl. 
I was deep into respectability politics, that there's a certain way and a certain order that you do things. And I was also at the early stages of really walking in my um, walking authentically as an adult woman. Mm. And so mm. I married my college sweetheart at, you know, we met at 19. We dated all through college. We got married when I was 24. And I, you know, I'm thinking like, this is going to be great. It's going to be the ideal, the marriage, the kids, the picket fence, the house, the dog. And you're, you get swept up. You get swept up. And when you're 19 to 24, you are moving from being a girl with girl ideals mm -hmm. into a woman with a purpose and with an idea and with a path for your life. And when you encounter that at a young age, you are not fully formed. You become formed. Right. And so I was becoming formed. And so... Mm -hmm. I love my husband. I still have love for him. But in loving him, I had to realize that I was pushing him to his limit, that he wasn't necessarily the person who was the right match for me in the way that I envisioned my life. And if I wanted to live as my true self. Right. And so wow. part of that was just kind of you know, so coming to that realization, like we 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 fought toward the um, end of our marriage because it was that power struggle. I wanted mm -hmm. kids and I also wanted a career. And mm -hmm. when somebody tells you you have to choose one or the other and you're 24, you're like, I'm barely formed. Right. Yeah, but with a partner, yeah. I can do both if I have a supportive partner. And he had his own vision for what marriage and family looked like for him. And while we mm -hmm. did have those conversations while we were dating, he was still being formed. He was a bit older than me, like maybe three years older. And I was definitely at that, you know, kind of green stage. And I'm just like, so we didn't necessarily have the tools to figure out how to navigate that. And at the time I loved him. I loved him. Right. But I also knew that the things that I was asking him to do, like he had gone into a depression and I was just like, I can't do this. And so at 29, I had to walk away from the possibility of having it all right. My one true love, mm -hmm. kids, marriage, house, job. I walked away from it all. And I really do feel that it was the deepest act of love that I could have had for him. So anyway, so that's my backstory. So I dated a little bit, but I had, I had never doubted that I wanted to be a mom. I had always known that I wanted to be a mom. And one of the sticking points in the marriage was that he's like, we're not in alignment. We can't bring kids into this. And I didn't understand at the time now being a mom. I'm like, yeah, that would have been a disaster. So, you know, for the, both of us, I walked away, we got a divorce, I dated for a few years, but I always came back to, I'm dating and the dating scene is crappy. There's a chance mm -hmm. I might not be a mom. And mm -hmm. so again, when I talk about hard conversations, the very first hard conversation I needed to have was with me. Exactly. Right, where am I? How am I feeling? Is it honest? And then mm -hmm. I was like, I want to be a mom. I think I want to be a mom more than I want a relationship. And so, so I let me let uh -huh. me ask you about that because you said the first convert the hard conversation you had to have was with you. 
why, how and why do so many of us skip that part of, okay, looking internally and figuring out internally self before everything else comes into play? What, how did you get there and how did you get there so soon when most of us, we, we don't even get there at all. It's everything else in the universe and not self. You know, I'm big on journaling and I'm big on, um, you know, healing from trauma. Right. And so I, from a, a, a fairly young age, I had been like, you know, just processing things. I'm more of an observer in life and, you know, and I pick my battles. So processing things. And so I think that there are, you have trigger warnings in your body that tell you this is, this is, this doesn't feel right. This is not good. So I was walking and feeling a sense of dis-ease, right? And as I was talking to my ex-husband, like we would have these conversations, my stomach would just be all twisted up in knots. And that's trying to tell you something. And so when things are just really, really rush, rush, rush happening so quickly, we don't always connect and we don't always tune in. And, and I think that tuning into your body is something that can be learned. It's something that can be taught. Um, for me, it was more innate, but I think I had been learning it all mm -hmm. along the way um, mm -hmm. into adulthood. And so it was something that was more innate. So I would write in my journal and I'm just like, how do I really feel about this? You know, write questions, ask myself mm -hmm. questions. And I think that that has really helped in a lot of my adult professional um, mm -hmm. relationships, because where am I? Because you feel tense. Your mouth is dry. You know, your heart is beating faster. I'm scared. What am I scared of? I'm nervous. I'm angry. Right. And so you have to take a step back and say, why am I angry? And so I actually have this practice in my head that I backtrack. I feel angry now. What did I feel 10 minutes ago? Wow. What actually triggered? What was I listening to? Who was I talking to? What was I mm -hmm. thinking? And so then I can go back to that and like, but, but it's all kind of like, I think you train your brain over time to do that mm -hmm. self-work. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's important for, right. It's, if it's important, you know, to you to, to feel the things you feel, then you have to kind of go through and you can't step over. Wow. That is amazing that you've been able to slow yourself down enough to process and kind of dissect what's really happening. And we, you know, the society that we live in, we don't slow down enough to do that. Okay. Everything is rush, rush, rush. But that's that's a good nugget for not just myself, but our, our listeners to kind of slow it down, to kind of feel and understand or try to understand what's happening with self first before externally trying to figure things out. And, and you know, it ties to gardening. Gardening is you need the patience of Job, right? So we start planning from the end of last year's garden season to the beginning of this year's garden season, right? You want to see my <laughs> my chart? This is my chart. Oh my goodness, you have a map. She has a garden map. Folks. I wow. do. <laughs> so Aisha, all right, talk, before you jump into that, uh -huh. tell me about gardening. What has that, how did, how did you even get started? What do you like about it? I mean, have you had experience with it? Just tell me from the beginning. <laughs> I have not had experience with gardening. I was, uh, as I was telling you, it's like the, the analogy of the faith of a mustard seed. And for me, my mustard seed was a single 
cherry tomato plant that my mom had at one time in my life when I was a child. And to watch those little tomatoes round out and turn red and just eat them, it was one time. And I think a seed was planted and it wasn't until I turned ooh 45 that I actually got the opportunity to have that seed come from dormancy. You see the analogy there? Seed, seed, I do. right? <laughs> but what was it what was it about that one tomato plant? What do you remember about that plant? What did it for you? It could have been that I watched my mom care for it, right? And it was something that I got to watch grow from the smallest point. Now, I don't remember it being a seed. I I I recall it being an actual plant, you know, the tomatoes were just starting to turn red. So kind of watching my mom nurture it, we had um, a rooftop, it was on a rooftop um, deck. And so I think that is kind of what what stays with me, just the nurturing, uh, it was peaceful, okay. right? And so uh, the seed, uh, there's an analogy there, and you was about to jump into it. So mm -hmm. let's, let's kind of shift gears with gardening, gardening. And now being a mom, how do you take some of those same practices and that connection to seed being planted to how you operate and, and, and live life with kids? Okay, so first, let me tell you, I enjoy being a mom. Um, it is one of the most fulfilling and joyous experience. And if I wasn't a mom, I think I would have enjoyed being around kids and just kind of doing this anyway. Um, and so I believe that you can have it all, you can't have it all at the same time. And so in this period of my life of parenthood, once I was on the journey to become a, a, a single mom by choice, I really had to think, or I thought, not everybody does, I thought about who I wanted to roll out into the world, right? I was gonna have one kid, two kids. Who did I want them to be in the world? And going through that process, I really had to slow down. And it wasn't a sacrificial slowdown. It was, this is what I'm doing at this period of my life. And so I intentionally slowed down. Um, and so parenthood is like that. Right. So as fast as you want to go, as much as you love to travel, if one kid doesn't like travel and you want that kid to be comfortable in their skin, you have to slow down. You have to really think about what's going to work for that kid. Right. Because there's a lot of lessons we teach kids through osmosis. Right. Um, I'm a biologist, so I'm going to be using like just these things that are deep oh, in my it. soul, <laughs> but you teach them how to be in the world by how you treat them, right? So mm -hmm. you figure you have four years before they're one with the world. Like once they start going to school and preschool, they become one with the world and slowly they start to distance from you and become more independent. And so, but you teach them in nonverbal ways that this is, this is, this is okay for you to be, this is okay for a way for you to be in the world, right? And so mm -hmm. I want them to understand, like I did for myself, this is okay, this is who I am, this is where I'm comfortable. So mm -hmm. gardening has forced me to kind of slow down and really just tap into the rhythms of my children and the rhythms of our our household. Now I have- How so, how so? I mean, what, what was it, or is it about gardening that's forced you to do that? Um. I was intentional about it being gardening, 
because I liked it. And you don't always, you're not always lucky enough to like something and have your kids like it too, without forcing it on them. And so I just wanted to kind of create this space that they could like and enjoy too. And fingers crossed, hoping that they would like it too. And so um, it's just a natural rhythm of our house because it's me only and I've got two kids, everything is rush, rush. We have to go to school. I have to pick you up. We have to have dinner. It's bedtime. Everything is so regimented. Gardening is not that way, right? You've got bigger chunks of time. Like this is the dormant season. This is the planting season. This is the cleanup season, right? And so it really does break our lives up into manageable chunks, right? And each kid gets to be a part of that. Right. And so how, how did they enjoy it? What what do you what are what are some of the things that they help with? What do they do? OK, so they each have their own little buckets. They, they each have their own little garden bags with their own little garden tools. And so they kids <laughs> like kids like dirt at, at a certain age. They like dirt. They like getting dirty. They like digging. They just like they like being outdoors. And that's something that I encourage. Right. And so we're outdoors together right now. The three year old is going to be wherever mom is. And so she will just follow me. She'll follow her sister, you know, so we're discovering things all kind of together. Let's plant this seed. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if this is fertile ground, but let's plant this seed here. Why don't you guys dig a hole, you know, use your little digger tools to like rough up the dirt and we'll just plant the seeds. We'll put little markers there and then we'll watch it. Um, And so it seems to be that there's something for everyone so they can get out there at their own pace. The little one, she, Mm -hmm. she, putts behind me. Um, But in terms of building out the garden, even, you know, it was something that they felt that they could help with. The little one held the, um, the heavy duty zip ties, the big one, I needed someone to hold the fencing, just hold it, right? Because she's nine, she can't lift. Um, Mm -hmm. But just holding the fencing while I went around and staked everything in, right? So there's a little something for everybody, but you have to reach them where they're at. Right. The little one couldn't hold the fencing, but she can hold zip ties and she can hand mom the zip ties with her short attention span. Right. And so. So, yeah. Did that answer your question? It it did. And and I'm listening to you very intently because I'm like, wow, I'm sure it's a routine now for the kids. You know, one, to be outside, vitamin D and then two, that connection with mom. And this is our thing. You know, Mm -hmm. you want to know. You want to hear one of the best stories? So there's this pizza place that we really like and it's expensive pizza, but I like it and it's a treat. So I would order the pizza with basil and they charged me $2 extra for basil. So then I started just getting the plain pizza. I was like, we got basil in our garden. So I'd send the kids out to go get basil. And so the the kids would go out, they would bring basil back. One day I ordered pizza and the three-year-old was like, I'm going into the garden to get she she's like, I'm going into the garden. I was like, what are you going for? She opens the door. She goes out and she comes back with a handful of greens. I was going to get basil. It was grass. So <laughs> it wasn't basil. So I'm like, OK, thank you. I was like, let's go back and get some more basil and dumped out that grass. And we actually got basil. And so mm-hmm. that was her routine. She knew that every time we got this particular pizza, we go out in the garden and we get basil, fresh basil. And so I'm <laughs> so wow. tickled. It warmed my soul. So, <laughs> but you, but you know what? That's, that's going to be the same story for your daughter 
that you have recollection for with your mom, there's mm-hmm. gotta be, there's gonna be that connection. It's like you're planting that seed, pun intended, but you really are planting the seed within her who knows where it's gonna sprout later in life. Right. Mm-hmm. You just never know. That is amazing. That is awesome <laughs> to hear. Now, you know, back to your your business. Um why did you choose this particular profession or why did you choose this as a business because of your experience what part of your journey led you to say hey look you know there's others like me that need this information how did that come about so it came about kind of organically with people just asking for help so When I had my first child, it was a really simple pregnancy, right? So I went to a sperm bank. I worked with a fertility clinic. I got pregnant. It was a textbook pregnancy, no complications. I encountered secondary fertility when I tried for my second child. I actually tried when my, um, when Noel, my first child turned one and I didn't get pregnant for three years. So it was a three year journey. And throughout that three year journey, like if you go to my website, I kind of list out, you know, just kind of like in bullet points, the things that I can speak to because it's from my personal journey. Right. So I had secondary infertility. I, you know, worked with maybe five different fertility clinics trying to get my second child. I had to really aggressively advocate for my health. Right. When the male dominated fertility industry is like, oh, you're old, older mom, geriatric pregnancy. It's your eggs. And it ended up not being my eggs. It was a bit more complicated. And I tried having conversations, hard conversations with my medical team to say, could it be this? Could it be that? And they didn't listen to me. Ultimately, I was self-financing my secondary Um, my second fertility journey. So I was running out of money. I was running out of emotional reserves. At some point, you stop talking to your village members because you have to tell them I had another miscarriage. It didn't work this time. Another miscarriage, you know. And so you turn to silence, right? And you're trying to figure out what went wrong. My biology background is what saved me. Um, I realized it was a blood type mismatch. And by the time I realized that, I was down to my last bit of money and I needed to use donor eggs. Um, I could no longer use my eggs because I had turned 42. I went from 39 to 40, maybe 41 when I was trying and I was out of money. And I really needed the quickest path to parenthood so that I can end that part, that phase of my life. Now, going through that three year journey, I tried just about everything. I considered adoption, adoption from foster care, private adoption. I considered donor embryos, donor eggs. You know, I considered just about everything. Mm -hmm. That journey to my second child was the fire that made me. Right. So it is what built me into being a resource for a community of black women, of women in general. Right. It. It prepared me for having tough conversations like this is how you push back. This is the conversation you need to have with your family. Here's the conversation you need to have with your job because it did start to impact my job. Um, Here's the conversation you need to have with the people in your village, you know, um, family village. um, I have to prepare for the conversation I need to have with my three year old to let her know that her conception story is slightly different from her older sisters. So all of this is just kind of thinking through 
the conversations I need to have, right? So mm-hmm. when I do open my mouth to have those conversations, it rolls out smoothly. But that's another skill that can be learned. And so what we often get, what I often see in our community of women who are trying to get pregnant on their own is how do I tell my boss? How do I tell a significant other that I'm dating? How do I tell my family that I'm taking this non-traditional path? And so I'm the person that says it starts with you and here's how you evolve from there. Um, So to answer your question, it was the journey to my second child that taught me. It's like going through college for three years in an accelerated course. And then you have to sit for a board exam. And so I sat for my board exams. I got my certification. I'm raising my kids. Now here's here's a roadmap or a garden plan, right? For how you might go about doing that. Take it, modify it to your own natural voice, but you're going to have some hard conversations and it's better to be prepared than ill-prepared. Interesting. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> and I like how you correlate gardening to the same life plan, your gardening plan that you just showed. Mm-hmm. It's a life plan and it you is. can connect the dots to to see that analogy. And it's a real one. Mm-hmm. Now, how do the kids in terms of um, understanding mom as a biologist, but also gardening in sense of the earth and us living as being part of uh, our surrounding environment, how are they correlating that? Is that something that you're teaching? Yes, I love that question. So um, as I mentioned, I'm a biologist by uh, education, and I also work for a tech company that does um, environmental mapping. Um, so my, my, my life is kind of intentional, but not so, but it's just following what I'm passionate about. So when my daughter started school, she started coming home asking me about recycling. Like, mom, do we recycle? Let's recycle. And I was like, yeah, let's recycle. So then when she was in second grade, her teacher, they have a community garden at their school. And so, you know, so it was real easy to connect the dots for her. But in a, a larger sense of, you know, environment, conservation, um, sustainability, right? We get all of that is right at our fingertips, right? We have food scraps, vegetable vegetable scraps, right? So we have a compost, a cold compost um, pile in my backyard, not pile, but, you know, old trash bins that we just throw um, food, veggie waste into there. We we turn it. The girls watch me turn it. We get to see the, the bugs and all the fat, thick worms that come out of the compost. Like this year of gardening, I didn't have to buy compost because we had it in our own backyard, right? But teaching them and making that connection for her, what... Part of what made that successful is also being in an environment that allows and enables and supports that as well. So by her coming home asking me about recycling, I was like, oh, you're ready. You know, so let's do this. And when we moved to a house, it's just like, oh, we're doing this. And she was actually the one who helped me figure out that I had a shade garden and where I went wrong. Because I was just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the, the garden got shaded out. She was like, mom, because when you planned the garden, it was in the fall. The sun was shifting. And you know, <laughs> a nine-year-old, right? You're, you're raising free black children. And so it's just like, you, you want to push back on that and be like, no, no. But then it's just like, you know what? You're right. You're right. right, 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 right. <laughs> but it's, it's the cutest thing because 
it's not always driven by me. You create the environment where they feel adventure, where they feel is a learning environment. They start teaching you and it reinforces with them, even though you might know some stuff, but they start teaching you. And the moment that they start processing it and it comes out of their mouth and their own words, you know that they've nailed it. Right. And so it's a lesson that will stick with them. And, and you're nurturing that. And to your point, you're not pushing back with it because number one, that's, it was truth. It was a learning mm-hmm. experience for you. But at the same time, you're nurturing your kids to grow and expand, learn more, mm-hmm. do more, yeah. connect yeah, so, more. <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it's, it's been, but also it's the whole slowdown. I'm at her pace, you know? And so, so we're big on, so I told you that we're YMCA based. That was intentional. I wanted to be community based. One, because I'm a single mom by choice and I would need a village, but I also wanted to be in an environment where people felt invested in my kids as much as I did. And that comes through mm-hmm. consistency, consistency, consistently seeing them and saying, Hey, your sister was in my class and just knowing them. Right. And so, but also they're a part of a larger community. Right. And that's in the, the, the bigger world at home. This quarter acre is their community. They're part of an ecosystem, right? So we respect the land. We respect the environment. We respect sustainability. So from her second grade class, because her teacher, they had a community garden. When we got our first garden, she was like, mom, we need to have milkweeds. Noel, why do we need milkweeds? Because the monarch butterflies becoming extinct and we need to make more environments where they can sustain and live. And so- We got one monarch butterfly at the end of the summer last year. She was at school, but I had to make sure that I caught a video so that she knew that her work paid off and she did what little she could to sustain an environment for that one monarch butterfly. And so, but it's, it's, it's such an amazing journey. And I will say this. So my daughter ran into challenges of a processing disorder that we're working through with reading. Right. But because She's a, she loves science. So she's, she's motivated. We, we watch Wildcrats on PBS. And so she's got all of this knowledge that she can connect to. So while she was a bit slower in reading the words on the page, you could ask that child anything and she would roll it off because it's experiential learning, right? She learned by doing, right? So we get in the backyard. When we were moving the containers to the other side of the um, garden, we ran into salamanders. Right. So we talk about amphibian species. We talk about the worms and why they, you know, try to run into the. Um, right. So it's right. it's such a rich learning environment. And I'm so glad that they allowed me to geek out over science and that they like it, too. <laughs> oh, that is that is so special. That is really special. And, and I can tell your enjoyment from it. Now, the kids, what would you say is the the thing that they most enjoy with being out in the yard and and being with mom in the garden? Eating the blueberries. We had sugar snap peas that they can pick right off the vine and they can eat them. We had blueberries that once we figured out that we had to fight the birds for the blueberries, you know, now they, they can pick their own blueberries. So I think it's just, you know, kind of being out there, they come back inside, their faces all sun kissed and they're dirty. Right. And so it's just, it's the one environment where they can get dirty and it's okay. They can get dirt under their fingernails. They can play in the dirt. They can like dig in the grass. This year, I hope to be better at getting wildflowers so that they can go and pick their own wildflowers and they can smell the flowers and they can just kind of like see it all grow. But really, it's a time where there's no no screens, no tablets, 
We're just out there. And so sometimes they're out there playing and digging in dirt. I'm in the garden, like, you know, laying down the landscape rocks. They couldn't help with that. But they gave me hours of just quiet time because they were playing and I'm just laying landscape rock. I'm laying the irrigation, you know. And so it's just we're just communing with nature. Like we're just out there just being and there's something really gratifying about that in a time where everything is just rush 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 yeah I, man I, Aisha so people that are listening to this their 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 brain is going like mine is so what advice would you give to someone that it's like man I love her story I love the simplicity of what she's doing with her girls just out in the backyard, it's not a whole bunch of money, it's good quality time. What advice would you give to people in terms of how do I start? How do I replicate what you've done with your girls? Where do I start? I think going back to the beginning of this, it starts with you, right? I think people struggle with the noise in the world if they don't have priorities. Like I've got maybe three to five priorities in my life that are my checklist. And so when people are like, well, can you do this? I go through my list of priorities. It's something that I do innately. And then I'm really comfortable saying no, right? Because my girls are my priority at this stage in my life. Like you can live the most extraordinary life if you want. But once you bring other people into it, it's it slows down to the pace that you both work at. And so have a list of priorities and then start small. Like I had a conversation with somebody who was just like, yeah, how do we get better with, you know, racial diversity? And I was just like, I'm going to do this. And they're like, I'm going to challenge the Catholic church. And I was like, you could start smaller. Right. So it's just like, you know, (laughs) right. So how do you, how do you get started? Get a pack of seeds right? Get a pack of seeds, get a a small bag of soil. Like we spend a lot of time in the dollar store, like Dollar Tree. My daughter's like, mom, are we going to Dollar Tree today? Because she gets a small allowance that's like seven bucks or whatever year age she is. And that's where her dollar will stretch the most. And so during the spring and the fall, you can get plant plant pots, planters, you can get seeds, you can get gardening tools, like start small, give the gift of gardening to somebody. Um, And so when we had, we gave her crossing guard a gift, it was a gift bag. It was no more than $5, but it had a pack of seeds. It had a container of flower pots. It had pruning shears and gardening gloves, five bucks, including the bag. Right. And then it's just like, you know, go be great. And then watch something grow. And I think, you know, it starts with priorities and then it doesn't have to be expensive. Start small. That That is really good advice. And that's something that I always share with others, too. You know, small successes are how you build bigger things. You know, nobody mm-hmm. takes on big stuff and really can do it successfully, especially when you're doing it by yourself. Right. I don't think it's designed to happen that way because mm-hmm. you exclude community one, you're going to fail because something of any large uh, feat or task, you can't do it by yourself. So really good advice, starting small. And I would I would say doing that with everything, not just gardening. Based on listening to what you're talking about, everything needs to be done in that manner to help organize your life. Would you, you, know, would you agree? I agree. You know, when so... <laughs> 
gardening is fun. It doesn't always mean that you're going to be perfect or successful. We had a shade garden. We had it all set up, but it was a shade garden. So we got some eggplants. We got some cucumbers. We got three tomatoes, right? We got a lot of basil, but that wasn't the plan. We got some bush beans. That wasn't the plan. The plan was to have a full bountiful, you know, garden that didn't happen. And so part of the learning journey that my girls get to see, they get to see me fail. And they get to see me rebuild and look at the plan and said, that didn't work. Let me start over. Now, when I knew that I had to move the garden from one side of the yard to the other side of the yard, and it was just going to be me, I had to have a plan, right? So my plan started at the end of fall. Like I had to lay 24 bags of landscape rock. I had to, that is a five, um, a four foot fence with, you know, fencing, um, you, 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 you post, right? And so, and I had to move the, the containers. It's manual labor that I'm doing just by myself with the help of two little, four tiny little hands, right? right. So yeah. I had to break it down into smaller pieces. And so I started at the end of last gardening season and I just started like slowly going to um, the big box stores and getting like five bags of landscape rocks at a time right on my way home from dropping the girls off, I pick up some, right? So it was really breaking it down into smaller pieces and just waiting for the weather to break. So as the weather started breaking, I would get out there and do a little bit, come back inside, you know, do a little bit more, you know, weeks later, come back inside. But I knew my my end goal was to be ready for the spring gardening season. Mm -hmm. And so for Mm -hmm. me, almost everything I've done from going to school, to being married, to deciding to have kids. Like my entire life journey has been broken down into smaller manageable chunks, just in case I had to do it by myself. Now I lost my parents when I was, by the time I was 16, I, my parents were deceased. And so I operated through life without a safety net. And so the ways that I could survive is making sure that I traveled light and whatever I traveled with, I can manage on my own. Right. And so It was kind of real life training for being a project manager, which I am, but breaking down bigger problems into smaller manageable chunks, just in case, like you hope you have a village and I'm good at finding villages, but just in case I need to do it by myself, I've got manageable chunks. And then looking at that garden, I'm so proud of what it told me I can do in my Mm -hmm. spare time. Um, But also the girls got to watch me do that. They got to help me do that. And, you know, that is a lesson, you know, that they're not going to get at school. They're not going to get from a book, you know? And so valuable lesson, a, a life lesson at that. So you were talking about the invaluable life lessons learned that you can't get in a book. You know, your kids can't learn that from a book. And that's amazing because those are the lessons that I think those are more important lessons that you take with you for your entire life. Right. And that that's awesome that your kids and your girls, they are getting that firsthand with who better than mom. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's a joy. It's it's really a joy to watch them blossom and to watch them be a part of something I love. Um, and to contribute to that in meaningful ways, because, you know, they, they, they do. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> that is awesome. So, Aisha, what are you working on right now? You, you seem like a very organized person. You know, you're intentional about 
seems like everything. Uh-huh. What what projects or what things are you working on right now, personal or business or anything? So as you mentioned, I have a podcast. And so my podcast is around um, all things single mother by choice, but it tends to collide with, you know, intentional parenting. Um, I also have a YouTube channel where I I've got a number of different pillars, like a lot of it has to do with being a single mother by choice, how to get started. But there's a section that I dedicated to my love, which is gardening. Um, My YouTube channel is Start to Finish Motherhood. Um, But I have videos that I posted about, you know, where our garden was last year and just progressing um, through this gardening season. Um, And then I am setting up for the fall a series of conversation workshops. I think communication is the the bedrock of just about who we are as human beings and how we connect with each other. And I think where people struggles when it comes to having these hard conversations. And so if you go to my website, um, www.starttofinishmotherhood.com, I've got a downloadable um, conversation prep um, that you can use that kind of takes you through preparing for any hard conversations, whether it is in parenting and work or with friends. Um, there, there are things that you, you want to know who your audience is when you get ready for these tough mm. conversations. So it's not just the yeah. casual conversations. These are the conversations that have meaningful, um, results at the end. Like you, you, you want them to either be part of your village. You want them to support you. You want to raise, right? Or you want to stay friends, but they're doing something that damages you and breaks your heart, right? So how do you have these hard conversations? So it's a guy that just breaks down who they are, who you are, what are some triggers, what are some rules that you might want to set up, essentially how to create this safe space for having meaningful conversations. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that is something that is near and dear to my heart. I'm I'm more of a, a, a talker, but I try to have really deep, lasting and meaningful relationships. And part of it is saying, hey, this is not working for me. Or I noticed that you winced when I said that I want to make sure that I didn't say anything to 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 hurt your feelings or damage the friendship. Um, and if I did, then how can I make it right? Right. And so and that's one of the things my kids actually say, like, you know, you did this thing to me and um, I, I'm sorry. You know, I'm really sorry. And how can I make it right? Right. And so those those are so important and such wow. powerful words for just kind of like healing um, yeah. that connection. Yeah. Right. And then. Yeah. So so it, it's a lot. But I think I don't want to leave people hanging, like go into fighting, having these hard conversations without giving them some kind of a toolkit to prepare them for these hard conversations. And so that's what I have coming up in the fall. In the meantime, I have monthly um, cohorts, groups of people who are on this single mother by choice journey, um, on their their parenting journey, where you can come, you can build community, you can ask questions. I will have quarterly um, open forums, open Q&A. It'll be virtual through Zoom, where people can just come. And I think that this is going to be important for those individuals who have family members who don't quite understand the single mother by choice journey, yep. who have questions like they're there, I want to support you, but I don't know how. And you can come to these weekly conversations, they're 30 minutes to just figure out how I can support this person, how I can learn more about what this journey is, and then be a better village member, you know, to that person. And so, wow. so yeah, you but you can <laughs> some amazing things. Wow. 
Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's been a journey. And really, this is a part of my healing journey, because the secondary infertility, fertility, infertility in general, is a stealer of joy, right? And there, you can rebound, or you can wallow in that pit of despair that you end up being in. And I'm no, I'm no different. I was there, lowest points of my life. And being able to give back in this way, makes it all feel kind of worth it. Of course, I went through my own therapy sessions, my therapeutic, but what I can take away from it is the cream of the crop. Here are some ways to avoid some of the pitfalls that I encountered and to do it in a way that is beneficial to you, your wallet and your your future self. And so it's been awesome. a wonderful journey. Wow. Well, I should, so tell our listeners again, where can they find all this very, very informative and useful content. Where where are you located on social media, your website? Give that to our listeners again, please. Okay, my website is www.starttofinishmotherhood.com and you can find all my resources, blog posts, and um, connect um, with the different um, webinars and um, virtual meetups that I have coming. I also have a YouTube channel that is Start to Finish Motherhood. Um, and I'm on Instagram at start to finish motherhood as well. And that's ways that you can, you can jump into my DMS. You can email me at Aisha at start to finish motherhood.com. I've got a newsletter. You'll hear more about the kids in the newsletter. You'll hear the latest <laughs> podcast episodes. You'll hear the um, podcast episodes that I've appeared on. Gardening is my joy. So you will be nice. featured. <laughs> in my um my march um april newsletter but this it has been such a joy um i really if you listen to my podcast the things to take away from it is the undercurrent of the joy that i have for people and connecting with people and being able to tell their stories the way that you've honored me with telling my story but it's a joy being on both ends of you know the platform telling stories but then also helping others to tell their stories. And it's, right. it's fun. It's awesome. That's, that's awesome. That is so amazing. Aisha, it has been an, a, a real pleasure speaking with you today. I enjoyed our conversation. I felt like I was on the couch and you just counseling <laughs> me. You know, you, you get that feeling, you know, but it's, it's really good. And I think it's, it's needed in mm -hmm. the society and the world that we live in. You know, there's there's so much other things that are at the forefronts and, you know, through our devices. But when you get some just good, very meaningful content and conversation going for me, that does me and my heart good. So I really appreciate you opening up and sharing a lot about your life, your story and your girls and what you're, you're doing. I think you're doing amazing things and I, I wish you much success and i know thank you're you. reaching people and i uh just hope that you continue to do it well thank you i appreciate it <laughs> all right folks well uh, thanks for listening again and thanks again aisha for being on our podcast remember if this is information that you've heard with aisha that you found helpful like i have please subscribe to our podcast wherever you podcast we are there and so is Aisha. Um, Start to Finish Motherhood is her, um, where you can find her anywhere and everywhere. Sounds like Start to Finish Motherhood is out there. Make sure you 
get in on some of the information that I used to share, not just with me, but some of the things and resources that I'm sure is on her website. Make sure you reach out to her and um, continue the, uh, the conversation going. I want to hear more about the, uh, the gardening. And, and I certainly want to see the pictures once they, things start growing and sprouting. Oh, Probably. yes, yes. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, uh, I, as promised, I wanted to give you the details about our grow blocks and our promotion. We are offering free grow blocks if you um, sign up for 12 grow boxes, which are our live plants with our nutrients every single month. The details are on our website and it is available. We're celebrating spring and that's what we're doing. Uh, so make sure you find that information there on our website. And again, Aisha, has been a pleasure. I hope that you and the girls have a great weekend and enjoy the rest of spring. And we will definitely be talking more. Yes, yes. Well, thank you. You do the same.